0: welcome to blizzard watch we're a podcast we watch blizzard and all of its games and talk about it i'm ann stickney i'm the host for today i'm not at all prepared apparently but i've got my other host with me and that would be matt rossi hey rossi how are you doing we're doing a show yeah what the hold on i gotta put on some pants oh no It's a lie <laughs> i don't
1: have to put on pants
0: no you don't you, know, you guys and have I no I idea i don't i don't i don't want to know <laughs> Just, How have you been doing? Warning, what guys, have you been, I wear pants. What What have you been doing, besides? Well, I mean, you know, contemplating the, the value yeah. the value of pants in everyday life. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I've been playing a ton of Assassin's Creed Odyssey because the the Legacy of the third, the Hidden Blade Part Three just came out, uh, and I went and played that yesterday, and that is just heart wrenching, man. That is that's an emotional gut punch, just slightly below the one that happens in the game just a little bit less and it's slight like i put both of those gut punches combined to be like 0.9 percent of a dragon age 2 mom gut punch so yeah oh, don't remind me about that one mm, yeah, No, this is a game that is really the emotional stuff of this particular expansion especially this chapter of it was if you play cassandra the, the voice acting really conveys it it's amazing um i really loved it uh, I do think it went exactly where I thought it was going to go. That's not always bad, though. Sometimes a plot doesn't need to be like a, it's not it doesn't have to have a twist or surprise. It just has to be done well. Just it tells the story well and, and gives you what you were expecting. That can be good. And it's good in this case. I really loved it. I've also played a ton of Kingdoms of Amalur because I don't know why. Actually, I've, I don't so know what I've, that is. That's a pretty good game. It it came out back in twenty twelve. It was Oh okay. So it was supposed to lead into an MMO. Do you remember the project, Copernicus MMO they were supposed to have? And then the company Thirty Eight Studios disintegrated because of mismanagement.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is the okay. game
1: this is the game they made that's in the world that was gonna be their MMO. It was like the prior and, to it. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's actually a really good game. It's one of my favorites. But um I've been playing that because up until like I wanna say Monday I was having real trouble with World of Warcraft that sense seems to have fixed itself and I don't know why I don't know what the problem was but I wasn't able to play WoW at all but now I am so yeah I'm currently hopping around on my dwarf there she is if you're watching the stream there's my dwarf um, so I 11.
0: have let's see um I did the LFR that was last week um I have since done all of the LFR stuff and the follow up stuff um I still have to go Excuse me, I had to clear my throat. Anyway, um, I still have to go to uh, do the thing, the other one. deer, is that the one? It's an old. Yes,
1: Uldir is the first three. Okay, I had
0: to go do Uldir on my Horde alt. I've done it on my Alliance character, but my Horde alt needs to go do it because I have to stick a spear in Squishy Guy at the end, gahoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also say it makes a lot
1: more sense on your Horde alt. Probably. It's, I mean... It's a much more coherent experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I just... I haven't gotten around to doing it because I did it... Like I said, I did it on my Alliance character because that was pretty much my main and then I just... I never got around to doing it on the Horde alt and I need to go do that. Um, anyway, once I get that done, there's some more story stuff that I got to unlock and I can't wait for what's coming next. Also, I think... Okay. You remember how I said that I was getting like every mount back on Argus when we were doing that, like, I got, like, every mount from there and every mount from the Paragon chest, and then when I was in Arathi, I got all the mounts from there. I think my luck has officially run out, um, because there's one mount I'm missing from Arathi, and I haven't seen a single one in Darkshore, like, not a one, for all the time that we've been doing it, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I, I think whatever... <laughs> Whatever streak of mount gathering luck I had, it's gone. It's just evaporated, and I'm not going to get it back again. <laughs> I haven't actually gotten.
1: That. I haven't gotten any mounts from uh, from Darkshore, mm-hmm. but I did get a mount. I bought a mount as did it, I did Darkshore enough to buy a mount.
0: Oh, the one uh, that you buy with the with the armor seals?
1: You're not the not the priest one. Not the not the the kitty. Uh, I don't know what its name is, but it's really cool. Okay. I'm trying to find it Like while we're doing this I'm looking oh, for okay. it online
0: <laughs> was, it, it's... was it one of the Reputation ones where it was like uh, y- you go and you do the battle thing and you you know how you get like the 7th Legion things and you can use those 7th Legion things to buy a mount is that what you're talking about
1: those ones? The yeah, vendor ones? Yeah, you can you okay. buy it from you know, but I can't find a name of it, so that's weird. I
0: okay. don't remember the name of it, but I have the less expensive one and I am working towards the more expensive one. I think I am like all of fifty of those little sigils away from getting the 750 ones, so I'm really excited what are about that.
1: What are the trilobite models called in WoW? What are they when you see them, what are they called? Because it's a trilobite mount.
0: I That's do not is. remember what they are called for the life of me because I always okay. think of them as the trilobites. Crawlusk, <laughs> yeah, oh, Crawlusk. Thank you, Calchius. Crawlusk. Okay. That's what they're called, which doesn't sound anything like trilobite at all, <laughs> which is probably
1: why we were pulling up a plank. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, the mount isn't called that either. So, ah. It's not? Oh, nope. okay. I just well, up and, nope, not called that either. So, yeah. It's like
0: I... a sand something. I think if you typed in sand, you could bring it up. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I have that one. I did get that one. Oh, I, it is I... called
1: Azure As, Shell It was with a K.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't realize you were typing with a C. I can't see your streaming window right now. So, anyway, yeah, with a K.
1: But, um. There you go. If you're watching the stream, there I am on my giant trilobite mount. Yes. and so, it is very trilobite Look at it, yeah. wants to bite everybody I, I don't
0: have I don't have any of the ones that are like, here, kill this rare mob and something will drop for you. I don't have any of those No, no, none of those are um, dropped for me not in, not in Darkshore. In Arathi I have like four out of five available The The raptor. The raptor is the only one that I really super wanted Like the other ones were cool, but I wasn't like super invested in them I, I Not the red raptor The one that the troll is riding that's the one I wanted and that's the one that hasn't dropped (laughs) but I really like that one so yeah uh my luck has run out I don't know I don't know what to do about it however uh the other thing that I'm doing uh apparently Anna is out this week for um streaming as far as streaming goes she usually streams on Wednesday nights and she streams a variety of different things It's usually pretty fun to watch her, actually. I like it when she plays Stardew Valley best, but that's because I really love Stardew Valley. So that's just me. But um, since she's out, I'm thinking that I might actually stream tonight. Maybe. It's a potential possibility. um, Because I have this backlog of games on Steam that I have not played, but I have them that I've gotten from years of December sales, (laughs) summer sales and winter sales on Steam. So I think this is
1: why I avoid Steam. Like seriously, I'd I'd end up with like three thousand games I never play. So yeah,
0: I do not have that many, but I do have quite a few. And I think I'm going to tackle BioShock Infinite tonight. I've never played it, and I don't want to know anything about it because I don't know anything about it, and that's (laughs) going to be the fun part
1: if you wanted spoilers I couldn't help you I've never played a Bioshock game okay. I
0: don't, I have been told I don't by Cal- like the shock games I've been told by a lot of people that I should play that one in particular because it's really good and I'm like okay I've never played it I have no idea what to expect going in so yeah uh, keep your eyes peeled on the Blizzard Watch stream that would be the stream you're watching right now if you're watching the show live for like some late night me trying to figure out games that'll be fun um anyway, we should probably talk about news and stuff because we do have news to talk about. I need to ask you about this because I need to ask you about this. Um
1: why exactly are we getting severed fish heads as hats? What is oh, that? I don't I don't know why we're getting them. However, if you want a severed fish head hat, uh you can go out to Dark Moon Island and fish one up. They come in two varieties, uh the azure I want to say Azure Shell, but I can't remember. It's the one's blue and one's red. There's the like Crimson Scale. It's like scale Azure, Azure
0: Fin. Azure Fin. Cr- yeah. yeah.
1: Crimson Scale and Azure Fin. Uh, the Crimson Scale are the red ones and the Azure Fin are the blue ones. They look, they're huge. They're gigantic. They take up like the most, they're like, if you remember Pyramid Head from Silent Hill 2, imagine if we replaced his Pyramid Head with a fish head. That's how big these things are. They're gigantic. And they, they think they last for a day. Like when you get, when you fish them up, they last for a day. Uh, they and they they stay on you for one out like one hour when you use them. Uh, I don't know if they stay around once you use them or not, because I mean, I would assume they do since they last for a day. But I'm well. Not okay, so
0: so the the flavor text for this thing says it's unique. You can only carry five of them at a time. They have a duration of a day, so I'm assuming once the day expires, they just disappear. Yeah, um, the
1: they duration's a day, but they last for an hour on you when you use them. I don't know, so I would assume no, I, that after that said. they
0: probably do disappear because since you can carry up to five of them, I would assume yeah, that, that would, they're consumed upon use.
1: that would make sense, But yeah. I you know, like I said, I have not actually gotten a chance to use them yet, but you know mm-hmm. they they're ridiculous, I mean they are gigantic fish heads if you if you want to like. I, the only thing use I can see from them is what Taryn Gregory tweeted. Like, I can't, I'm waiting for this, for this, the in game cinematics using these things. And yes. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see somebody go back to Legion and do the. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the, the confronting of uh, Agrimar with a giant fish head on. Yes. <laughs> it's like looking at that steely determination on that mackerel skull.
0: What I find so, yeah. really interesting about this though, is that the flavor text on the thing says that something strange is happening in the water surrounding dark moon Island. That's true. Um, dark moon island and the dark moon fair are weird they're just weird flat out weird um there was a oh which which one of the manga collections was it in i think it was number three but it might have been number four anyway uh the warcraft manga series that came out there was a short story in one of those that talked about the dark moon fair um and it was basically this quiet and eerie little story about how the dark moon fair protects their own. And, um, one of the fair employees got accused of something, um, a murder they didn't commit, or was it a murder? It was some kind of crime. I think it was a murder, a murder they didn't commit. And, um, the Dark Moon Fair came together to solve things, and at the end, you see the really dark side of Silas Dark Moon. <laughs> and it's really creepy. It's super creepy. Um, if you haven't read the manga series, I think you can still pick them up on Amazon here and there. Um, I don't know if they've been reprinted, but I believe that there are some editions still floating out there in the world. I am lucky I have gotten my hands on all of them. Um, but they were printed by tokyo pop and then tokyo pop i think tokyo pop ceased to be a thing yeah
1: i'm not I, i'm not an expert on what happened to Tokyopop. tokyo pop they're not really a company paying any attention
0: regardless uh that happened and that was kind of creepy and then we got the dark moon island and when we got the dark moon island people started uncovering creepy things on the island itself if you die On Darkmoon Island, there are ghosts walking around and you can talk to the ghosts. They say things. Um, There's a vendor way off in the woods who sells bits and pieces that may or may not be people flesh. We don't know. There's just weird things going on. And it all goes back to just the Darkmoon Fair itself. We don't know where it came from exactly. But that sigil the the symbol for the dark moon fair has always been that glowing that singular glowing eye which honestly once we started seeing more about Nazoth, kind of <laughs> reminds you of that so yeah i'm i'm kind of curious cuz the the fish head thing those fish look like the fish from um oh the ashara warbringers the one that she was talking to that turned out to be Nazoth. so i'm wondering if there's like more going on with the dark moon fair than just fun and games. And I, and I feel like there's always been more going on with the dark moon fair than just fun and games, but we've never really gotten to dig into it before. The fact that there's weird watery stuff going on around the dark moon fair makes me think that I don't know. We don't even know where the where the island is located,
1: do we? Nope, no idea. Map-wise,
0: it's just somewhere.
1: It's somewhere in the ocean. We we teleport to and from it. We never actually go there via boat and there's it, never any place pointed out where it is.
0: It might be somewhere snuggled up against where Nazgathar is under the sea and since that's going to be making an appearance in 8.2, maybe that's what we're looking at. I don't know. Um, however, wearing a fish head on your head, I don't I just don't get it. <laughs> it's cool. I guess. It's weird. (laughs) Um, At least it's not being added to our transmog wardrobe so people you know, if they want it, you can get it. It's a limited time thing. Obviously it's available while the Darkmoon Fair is available and since it has a one day duration on it you aren't going to be able to stockpile these things and keep wearing them once the Darkmoon Fair is gone, which I also find a little interesting.
1: The upside is that since it's not a transmog item, you aren't restricted by your armor type from wearing it so you get if you fish it up you can use it it doesn't matter what class you are so that's nice at least i think so i don't know
0: this is true all right uh some other stuff going on you know we just mentioned one
1: one thing i didn't get to mention that i forgot to mention when i was writing those uh patch 8.1.5 is dropping on march 12th
0: that's that's what I was just about to say, actually, Rossi. Was- oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> we I were forgot talking to add about
0: it, so- <laughs> We were talking about eight point two but 8.1.5 that's the one where all of this stuff comes in and you'll be able to get your fish heads you'll be able to unlock the Xandalar and the Kul Tiran allied races along with a whole mess of other stuff uh, Brawler's Guild's coming back Raiding with Leashes Hattie will be coming back if you're a hunter there's new profession quests there's a whole bunch of stuff that's coming and that's going to be coming on March 12th now For people wondering about the raid that is being introduced with 8.1.5, that's the Crucible of Storms. Um, It's a shorter raid, but that's not going to be available until later. I believe they said April,
1: but I want to say April
0: 21st, but I could be wrong. It's April. I I am
1: with you on the April thing, which I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, So once again, we're getting a patch. We're not getting the raid right away. We're getting the raid a little bit later. It's going to be spaced out a little further. I actually... Okay, there are some people who are kind of upset about the idea of this, but as somebody who did a lot of raiding, and I mean a lot of raiding over the course of several years from Classic all the way up to... I think Mists of Pandaria was the last expansion that I did full-time raiding in. It was always really frustrating when a patch would drop, a raid would be in it, and that night was a raid night, so you'd have everybody trying to figure out their add-ons, what changed with their class, everything else, dealing with bugs, any potential bugs that might have popped up while trying to raid this brand new content, and it was a pain in the butt. Um And more often than not, we would end up canceling that first raid night without having gotten anywhere because stuff was messed up. So I kind of like the idea of them releasing a patch and giving us two to three to four weeks, however long it takes, to get used to everything and also give them time to put in any hot fixes that might be necessary, that kind of thing, before they roll out that raid. And I know you've done raiding too. How do you feel about it? Because I'm cool with it. I think it's okay. Okay.
1: I'm okay with it because, first up, Zara Lore is not very old. No. The, the raid just came out. Um, I think I think it just got its its full Raid Finder thing last week. So, yeah, last
0: week was the last wing of Raid Finder, yes.
1: So that's about a month, right? It, it took about a month to unlock all that, or are we talking two months at this point?
0: A month, a little over a month, yeah, because yeah. it came out, and then the second week it was out was when the first ra- wing of Raid Finder came out. So it's been a little while.
1: Yeah, so I feel like by the time the new raid comes in, Dazarilo, people who have been like you know seriously busting themselves trying to get through it in a hurry, will have finished it and will be looking for a nice little tasty bite-sized two-two to encounter raid to, to keep them going for a bit. And other people will have had a chance to get some gear and you know play around. So I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with them. Del- I think we saw in Legion that the idea of not having everything come out as soon as a patch drops works really well. Um and it's something I think they learned from Missa of Pandaria. When they did miss Pandaria, they pushed out patch after patch after patch, and everything dropped just as soon as the patch came out. And you ended up at the end of Miss of Pandaria with a year and then some of the same raid because they had just pushed everything out the door so fast. And every time something came out, they, if they had staggered it more, if they'd had like a month after the patch, then, then this new thing happened, they could have only had six months inside siege of orgrimmar instead of like how how long was it like more than a year so it was okay closer to two i think it was like 18 months or some ridiculous it was
0: was a really long time it was a really long time
1: doing it this way having like you know the patch comes out but then you don't immediately get everything from the patch that's fine because that means you have new stuff coming out in a staggered way and it means you don't have to rush the next patch out and it means that when the next patch comes out, you you know you're not immediately going to be digesting all of it on the first day. You've got a little time and more stuff will come. I think that's a good approach. I think it's been working. Even if you're not, you know, some people don't really like Battle for Azeroth, but I don't think you can argue that it's been content dry. Uh, this has been an expansion that's had plenty of content so far, and it, it keeps bringing it. No, there's always been something it. to
0: do. And every raid that they've been putting out, or every raid, excuse me, every patch that they've been putting out, including the .5 patches, have had a lot of new stuff to like dig into and look at and explore. Um, The bigger patches, obviously, are the ones that are more story-centric, but even the .5 patches have a lot of story to dig into, and 8.1.5 has some moments that are just kind of, whoa, what? Like. You guys, Mm -hmm. if you haven't been playing on the PTR, you don't know. And you really, it's going to be great. Just trust me. It's going to be great.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. They're advancing the storyline throughout these patches and they're, they're doing it in a variety of ways. I think staggered raid release, staggered content release is good, especially for a game like this. It's not ever really going to be possible to, to keep up with people's demand. You're never going to be able to put out content as fast as people can consume it. So by, controlling when you release it people get to that point where they're they're like okay I want new content now then they can have some and it keeps people going and it's less it's less destructive than a drought content droughts are always terrible so I'm I'm totally okay with it
0: um April 16th actually is when the next raid comes out when Crucible yeah, Storm comes out um for people fine. that for people that are raiding and people that are wondering if crucible of storms means that the ahead of the curve and cutting edge achievements for battle for Zara lore are going to go away at that point, uh, Warcraft devs, they tweeted that the current ahead of the curve and cutting edge achievements, all of those are going to remain available until the opening of the main raid in the rise of Ashara update. And that's 8.2. We aren't anywhere near that yet. So you have plenty of time to get those ahead of the curve and, and cutting edge achievements until then. Um, Crucible of Storms is kind of being presented. It's not quite on the same tier as Battle of lore The loot that's coming out in Crucible of Storms is going to be a step up from what you find in Battle for lore but it's like a half step. Um, It's not another major raid. I think there's... What is it? It's like there's, there's just... Two, two encounters. Yeah, it's just a couple of bosses so it's like a little mini-raid. Um, It's Gruul's Lair. Yeah. If you remember Gruul's Lair,
1: it's Gruul's Lair. It's or, a tiny... Uh,
0: Oh my gosh, the one that's under the dragon shrine.
1: Oh, oh okay, I know what you're talking about. Um, Halion.
0: <laughs> no, not Halion. Okay, not Halion? The, no. the ruby
1: dragon shrine, right?
0: There's the ruby dragon shrine, the black dragon shrine. Did that have okay. a different name?
1: Oh, I, I did, but I don't remember the name. Sartharian's remember, Lair. Were you, were you... Sartharian's
0: yeah. there. Anyway, that one. It's, it's a little raid on that scale where it's just, it's like a little one. But yeah, Halion is another good example because that came later on
1: too. And the gear was like around the same or slightly better. I mean, the the gear from um Crucible of Storms is interesting, not just because it's slightly better in terms of eye level, but because it's doing something that we've seen them do a few times with old god related encounters. It's got weird effects. Like if you remember when you when you were doing um Dragon Soul, the madness of Deathwing encounter dropped weapons a- and the, you know, spine of Deathwing dropped trinkets that had weird on un- weird proc effects. Yeah. Obsidian
0: Sanctum. Thank you, Draven Dresden. That's the name of the place. I'm like, Sartharian's Lair. That's not it. But okay. Obsidian Sanctum. Anyway, yes. The trinkets and so, things. Yeah. They,
1: they, they're doing that again with this raid where the, the trinkets and stuff that drop here have strange, you know, possible procs that make them different and unusual. And that's cool to me because it, it means that you can basically, you can get them or not get them. You don't, it's a situation where you don't have to get that gear, but if you want to have something that isn't easily simmed out, uh, you can pick that up. And there, there's quite a few interesting ones from this. So that, I like that kind of gear design. I like gear when it's not just haste and mastery. Cause that's the thing is right, right now you, you kind of know what your gear priorities are. And so you're always just like, oh, it's got haste. Good. I want haste. Oh, it doesn't have haste. It's not as good. And so I kind of like when it's not something you can just look at it immediately go, oh, yeah, that's going to be better. And everyone wants that trinket because it's got all the load of haste on it or what have you. They've got weird little um, old God themed effects. And that's cool to me. I, I like that kind of gear design. I think it, it adds an, an element to it that is often sadly not present in WoW where everybody kind of feels like they know what you should and shouldn't be doing. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, just just for the strangeness factor.
0: The thing I'm looking forward to with Crucible of Storms is that it kind of, um, it moves the Old God storyline, or the Old God branch of the storyline, further, like, forward a little yep. bit. Oh, um, and yeah, and also... The, you're yeah. going to see the reappearance of some familiar faces, and I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but... There's stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on with Crucible of Storms, despite the fact that it's just a two-boss raid. There's more than enough involved with it to make people go, what's going on? Yeah, Um, especially moving into 8.2 and all of the material that's going to be in 8.2. Anyway, yeah, that is all coming out, 8.1.5. It's coming out on March 12th. Uh, if you are interested in unlocking either of the new allied races the colterans or the xandalar you can complete all of the preliminary requirements right now for colterans you need to be exalted with proudmore admiralty you need to finish the tides of vengeance achievement that just means completing the war campaign through everything in 8.1 like you can complete it right now um, and you also need to complete the uh, nation united achievement and that's from doing the major storylines in each of the zones plus the pride of colteris end bit with Jaina. Once you've done all of that the recruitment scenario will be available the second 8.1.5 drops and it's the same thing with the Zandalari trolls yet to be exalted with the Zandalari empire, Tides of Vengeance completed, Zandalari forever achievement completed and that's from doing all of the again all of the main storylines in all three zones plus like the follow-up quest stuff and then you just do the recruitment scenario and that's it. The recruitment scenarios for both the Zandalari and the Kul Tirans are pretty good um, personally I'm leaning towards the Zandalari but that's just because a lot of the Zandalari recruitment scenario involves follow up from the Battle of Dazar'a lore raid so there's some lore bits in there that are pretty interesting but there's some interesting stuff over on the Kul Tirin side too so I don't know if you played through have you played through either of those on the PTR or no?
1: No I haven't played through them in the PTR. I've, I've watched some videos, but I haven't actually played through them. Okay. well anyway, I'm waiting to do that. I, I'm literally <laughs> going to be doing the, I'm going to be doing the Cterin one like the second. the second. Uh, yeah,
0: because you want the druid, point don't point you? Punch. You want your winter oh, yeah. punk:
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I, I'll, I don't know when I'll do the Xandalar one because that's going to be harder because I'm going to have to actually get up my my, my but I mean, dinosaur druid, man, I kind of have to can turn into a dino thing it's a weird therapsid looking cat I'm, I'm seriously yeah okay that needs to happen at some point but yeah the wicker one actually stole my heart people don't understand that like the creepy half undead looking druid forms just completely stormed in and stole my heart when we were waiting for this expansion to come out i had no idea i would love them as much as i did because they're just so creepy and gothic and strange that yeah so i'm i'm ready to go on that one i got that one also i'm not point uh, one point five ready to go on that that's going to be amazing
0: so another thing that's coming in 8.1.5 that people are not happy about there's some portal changes happening and we talked about this last week and we talked about the introduction of the portal rooms um, in both of the capital cities so that they kind of consolidate all of those areas that are scattered all over stormwind and orgrimmar into one place but in introducing those they are removing portals from other areas, and people are not happy about this. Did you read into this at all, Rossi?
1: Yeah, yeah, I read. I read the article we did, uh, You want to go ahead and give us the rundown of what's going away? Oh, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. I just remember people are mad because it's similar to the situation in the shrine when uh, when people you know lost the shrine portals. They got really upset because they, there's they the shrine portals were really great because they were a very concentrated assortment of portals to get around the world there are portals that will just be gone that you will just not have anymore when 8.1.5 drops they're not putting all the portals that currently exist in stormwind and orgrimmar into these new portal rooms um and that's i I can see why people are upset about that because you know if you if you 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 know it's a big world to get around uh there's a lot of i mean think about if you want to go and run aq for transmog gear There's nothing down there. Otherwise there's nothing in Silithus. Uh, There's one portal to Silithus right now because of Magni. And that's great. And I use it constantly to go run AQ. But other than that, if you lost the Alden portal, you would have lost any way to get around. And there's like lots of stuff down there besides Silithus stuff. What if you want to go to Feralus? So I get it. Uh, I'm not really particularly upset about it, but I understand why people are not happy about losing these things. Um, once something's in the game, it feels weird and it gets taken out. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but for me,
0: I'm when a little a bit in frustrated. The
1: game, I don't like it getting taken out.
0: The only one that's really frustrating me right now is that the Caverns of Time portal is going away. And I don't know why this bothers me as much as it does, but I think it's just because um, I've been playing this game for a really long time. And over the course of all of those years, I have worked out my own internal travel network. So I know where to go to blip to where to get to places the fastest. And oftentimes, weirdly, that involves porting to the Caverns of Time. (laughs) I don't know why. It just does. But there's also like the Oldham portal that you can go ahead and take. And yeah, that'll get you in the same general area, I suppose. And now that there's the Silithus portal that's like up in the capital cities on like Colterus and Zandalar, I mean, you can get down on that part of the continent fairly easily, but I liked having the Caverns of Time available. And it was one of the reasons why I still went to Old Dalaran. Like that was one of the legit only reasons I went to Old Dalaran was blip into there, run to the tower, go up there, go to the Caverns of Time. Okay, cool. But yeah, it, it's... I. <laughs>
1: the caverns of time one was it. really useful during the invasion i don't know if you remember like the invasions yeah. just before legion came out yeah i used the caverns of time portal almost constantly yeah because there was almost always an invasion right there and it was like you never know when these things like i think one of the things i pointed out um there's there's not an actual Carazon blasted lands hellfire peninsula portal anymore like apparently the one that there's used to an get npc you, you can talk to yeah, but why just have an actual portal? Why have yeah. you talk to somebody? I don't get uh, it. I don't get what they're doing to Pandaria. Like, they, apparently they're moving the, the Pandaria, Pandaria portal. Okay, so here's the
0: deal with the Pandaria portal. People were complaining because it doesn't put you in at the shrines. It puts you in at the forest. Like, like the Forest? In, yeah, but the thing is, is like that back portal in the back of Orgrimmar... And the one in Stormwind out on the island, that is that's always taking you. you into Jade Forest. Like, that's where it takes yeah. you. If people were getting to the shrine via a different method, it was because you had your Hearthstone down there.
1: That's because they were using the portal for Legion. Yeah. The, the Legion portal to... Oh, the uh, Legion one, yeah, that would take you out there too. That takes you to the shrine. I I, You know, I currently use my Legion Hearthstone quite a bit because there's portals there. And the portals are all... There's a lot of them, so I've been using them.
0: All of the portals can... down below the mage Tower, those yeah. are all going away. They will still be there while the quests are relevant. So if you have a quest that requires you to use a portal or has an option to use the portals in the mage Tower, from my understanding, they will be there. But once you finish that content, they'll go away, which I think is it's kind of dumb. Why are you guys doing it? I don't get it.
1: I just don't get it. I mean, I kind come of on. Understand it. I kind of don't. I really feel like they aren't that big a deal because at a certain point you shouldn't have to delay yourself because it's hard to get up to a place. I mean, there's no problem with having a portal directly to Shatrath. That that doesn't bother me. I don't I don't get upset about it. There should be a portal to Shatrath. I, I if I have to get there, why should I have to go find like a portal, take me to the dark portal, then fly across the entire Here's continent? Here's why the Caverns
0: that. of Time one bothers me. If I'm farming for transmog and I want to go farm the dragon soul stuff, that's when I use that portal. That's that's the main reason I use that portal is when I'm going there and I'm doing like my farming runs and stuff. So if that portal isn't there, then I'm going to have to port to like Oldham or something and fly over, which just takes longer. And there's no flight path directly to the Caverns of Time.
1: No, so, so you're going to have to fly from uh, it, it's just.
0: Yeah, it's like extended travel time that doesn't, it it wasn't necessary, but now it's going to be necessary, and I guess that's what kind of like bothers me, and maybe that's kind of what's bothering other people too, because it used to be, if you wanted to get somewhere in a hurry, there was a way to get there in a hurry, and I mean, I don't think that we should be able to warp whistle our way across Azeroth or anything, but it just, it feels a little, I don't know. I understand why people are upset about it. I do. I I get why people are upset about it.
1: For me, losing the portal to the shrine is not that big a deal, the Pandaria one, because the portal I want is the one that takes me closer to the the Timeless Isle because I want to go kill Ordos and not get my shoulders. Um, So the fact that the, the forest is closer to the Timeless Isle, the problem with that is that it makes you fly in a really ridiculous path to get there. Like it flies you down and then back up. Which is like, why Why am I doing this? But that's a flight point issue, not a portal issue. So for portal-wise, I'm fine with just having the portal to the Jade Forest. That doesn't really bother fun, me. Fun
0: story. Fun story. When I want to get to the Timeless Isle, do you know how I do it?
1: You yeah. use the thing to just teleport directly there? No. Oh, well, you can.
0: I mean, I can use the thing to teleport directly there, but if I don't have that available, the other way... You, use the, cave in,
1: oh, okay. you use the cave in Draenor? <laughs>
0: I hearth to my garrison, fly up, and sit in the chair. Yeah. yeah
1: that's
0: what I <laughs> It's like, boop, See, there I am.
1: That's good for Horde, but not for Alliance. And it probably takes... I mean, garrison. it
0: probably takes just as long because you're flying across Draenor to get there. But it's still... It's like, I don't know. I Well I, the Horde I The
1: Horde garrison's much closer to that than in the Alliance it is. one. The Alliance garrison's significantly further south. It's, so.
0: yeah, way down in Shadowmoon, so it's not really... Yeah, but it's it's, I mean... The portal trinket is, is useful, but I don't think I have that on every character. I don't have I, it on any it's character. It's not cause... like a toy box thing. It's just something that you carry, and it's sort of like... Yep. Um, it's a
1: trinket. It's annoying.
0: It's like having the uh, the necklace to get to the Black Temple.
1: That I have. Yeah. That I have.
0: On yeah. Exactly. But it's one of those things where you have to equip it, wait for the cooldown to drop off, and then you use it. And it's like, boop, yeah. there I am. Okay. Um,
1: but, um, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I'm not I don't mind. One of the objections people have is that the, it makes other portal hubs obsolete because they don't—they—they they lose a lot of portals or don't have any portals anymore. I'm not... I don't know how to put this. I was expecting that. I'm not surprised by it. I knew they were going to do that. They're not going to make a brand new portal room in Stormwind and Orgrimmar if they're then going to keep portals in other old places that, you, that were portal hubs. The reason you have a portal hub in the expansion you're in is to let you play in that city as much as possible. Like, we have the Boralis portal room, which we're not going to lose, because we're playing in Boralis, and same for Desaralor. When the next expansion comes out, I will not be surprised if Boralis and Lore lose their portals.
0: I'm pretty sure that if they have any portals remaining, there will be two. There will be one to Silithus, and there will be one to your capital city, whether it's Stormwind or Orgrimmar,
1: and that's it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised by it. You know, it's they'll keep whatever portals are necessary for you to play the game, but they don't want people to feel like they have to keep their hearth in Boralis or Dazar'alor to play the game. And people were up until they, they took out the shrine portals, people were still hearthing to the shrine. Um, and the same thing with like Legion, people are using the Legion hearthstone and the garrison hearthstone as free teleports because they get you to a place with portals. You know, you're in garrison, you're I, one step absolutely. away. I Absolutely.
0: I absolutely had I I had my Hearthstone bound to Shrine throughout I only changed it like about a month into Battle for Azeroth like I didn't change it in Legion because I had the Dalaran Hearthstone so there was no reason to change it in Legion I just kept it to the Shrine in Pandaria because that was mm-hmm. convenient Um, and yeah maybe that wasn't the best thing in the world because it was old stuff you know but
1: yeah I don't know saying seem... I don't think they should take, like, I don't think they should take the ability to have a portal to a place out. That I don't agree with. Like, but I, am I, not surprised when they t- decide, okay, this old content doesn't need to have a room full of portals anymore. But having a portal to the shrine should still exist. There should be a portal to that place. You know what I mean? Like, you, there should be a portal to the Caverns of Time. It's an important place. I should be able to go there without having to okay. I'm going to have to go to Uldum and then fly up. I, the Caverns of Time is more important than Uldum. Um If anything, Oldham could, could lose its portal, and the Caverns of Time could keep it, and I could fly down to Oldham if I needed to. But I really think they should both have portals. That's just my thing. Once you've put the portal in, don't take it out. Maybe take it out of the old content, but keep the ability to portal there. Um, I, I think there should be a shrine portal. I think there should be a portal to the Blasted Lands. I don't think you should have to talk to somebody about it. I think it should just be a portal. Um, that's my take on it.
0: They do seem to be listening to a little bit of feedback, so we'll see if that actually has any kind of implications on what they end up implementing once 8.1.5 comes out. Um, obviously, the patch is still on the PTR, and as long as it's on the PTR, they can do some kind of, like, they they can do some adjustments if necessary. Or yeah, you, they, they, they can definitely make have the players to save stuff. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they're listening right now. They are listening um, and kind of talking about the concerns that people are having about this so it's not it's not like we're yelling into the wind or anything blizzard is paying attention to this issue but yeah um the other thing i want to mention just like really briefly is that hearthstone is doing some stuff uh year of the dragon is coming out that's going to be coming out we're not sure when exactly but hearthstone is giving out one free pack from each of the outgoing expansions um the Journey to Un'Goro, Knights of the Frozen Throne, Kobolds and Catacombs, those are like ending, going away, whatever. Um, And they're going to have basically one pack from each of the outgoing expansions each day you log in from March 25th to April 2nd is when they're going to be like doing this giveaway thing. So you're going to be able to get these packs and everything. This makes people kind of think that maybe April 2nd is when we're going to see the new stuff come out for Hearthstone. There's no real details on anything or yet, but it looks like they're trying to like move the focus to more solo adventure content. Like they're trying to get more into the single player stuff with the new year. Um, and it's interesting because the single player stuff, its got, they're going to have like a normal mode, a heroic mode, and an anomaly mode, and nobody really knows what that is right now. So yeah... It's worth it to keep an eye on Hearthstone. If you are a Hearthstone player, you're probably well aware of all of this. If you haven't been playing Hearthstone because you aren't really into the competitive aspect of it, keep in mind that the single player stuff is still ongoing and it looks like they're going to be throwing more of a fo- focus into the single player content if that's more your bag in Year of the Dra- Dragon when it comes out. So, Some of the kinda... best
1: stuff they've ever done has been single player stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that's well, fascinating to me.
0: And the thing that I like about Hearthstone single player is it turns it from a competitive game into a puzzle game. And I like puzzle games a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those things to just kind of keep an eye on. And we'll be hearing more details as we get closer to that date, I'm sure. Um, in ter- and they've been floating, like, little hints and things on Twitter. There have been little videos on Twitter. One of them involved the fortune teller from one of the earlier expansions talking about getting a group together. I don't know what's going on, man. I really don't know what's going on with it, but it looks really interesting. And the Hearthstone team, the Hearthstone team is pretty good at putting out content that's just like immediately engaging. And it's immediately something that you want to play. And it's immediately something that you kind of fall in love with. I love the art. I love the way that they do little release videos and things. And I love all of it. So yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, But we should probably get to a couple of emails at least, (laughs) I'm thinking, because we've been talking for a while here. Uh, If you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just be sure to put blizzardwatch in the subject line, so that we know that it's intended for this show. Um, and we talk about any of the Blizzard games, so you can email us about any of the Blizzard games. It's all good. So, uh, let's see. First email is from Brandon. This is kind of a lengthy one, but we're going to go ahead and gloss over it a little bit here. Uh, he says Every allied race so far has been closely tied to an existing race. So you got like the Kul Tirans, the humans, Dark Iron Dwarves, Void Elves, Night Elves, Light Forge, Dranai, High Mountain. Torin, Maghar Orc, Sandalari Troll, Nightborn Blood Elf. If the pattern holds true, then the next allied race should be related to one of each for the factions Undead, Goblin, Gnome, worgen or possibly Pandas. I've heard speculation on Mechanome, Kalia, Unlined, Undead, Vulpera, and possibly Gilblin. Any ideas on what an allied race related to Worgen or a Panda-Worgen-like model could be? If the undead model goes to the Alliance in lieu of something like a Dark Ranger, it could even be Horde-related. Love your show. Brandon. Rossi, do you have any speculation as to what an allied race for, like... I'm thinking the Pandaren
1: is the one that I kind of want to speculate on. For Bulg. You think? I don't have anything to go on with this. I just, you know... If I were going to be doing a kind of Pandaren-style race, something that felt aligned to the Pandaren in that way, for Um They've got connections to the Night Elves, but they're not super buddy-buddy with them. They don't like either the Alliance or the Horde, which is kind of the opposite of the Pandaren, who are kind of allied to both. So you could definitely have them as neutrals, like the way the Pandaren are, and just not like either group very much, but you know work with them because it suits their purposes. Uh, you could definitely do some... They've got a lot of... We haven't heard much from them since, you know, the whole demons falling from the Sky Legion thing happened, but they're they're heavily present in Ashenvale, so they'd be pretty easy to tie them into the whole undead versus night elf thing. Both sides are, like, rampaging through what was, you know, once the Furbolg lands. The Furbogs lived in Felwood, Ashenvale, um, Estremora... Yeah, all those areas. So they're kind of on the front line of the Horde Alliance conflict. I could definitely see both sides trying to draw them in as mercenaries. Yeah, you could do a lot with Furbalg. Uh, and they do look, you know, they they could use practically the same model as and They just, just spruce them up a bit, change them around a little to make them more unique. It wouldn't have to, like, completely redesign them. They, they've they even kind of got the, the bear gut. Uh, just, you know, you'd ne- you'd need to make a female model for them. But it wouldn't be a ton of work.
0: Okay, so hear me out. All of these races that we've gotten so far have had um, an associate with a current race, a current playable race who has reached out to these people. So like with well, in the case of like the Dark Iron Dwarves, you have a dwarf who's talking about, hey, I could go call in some favors with these guys. Um, with the Maghar, you have... Is it Etrig? I think you go out there with Eitrig. Um, Etrig yeah, is Eitrig. saying, hey, we can go talk to the Maghar and bring them in. So everybody's got kind of an associate. And to me, I'm thinking, well, who could the Pandaren bring in? Like, who are they associated with? Like, who's got any kind of, like, firepower that they could bring in? And I feel like if the Pandaren were going to bring in anybody... Because they are a neutral race, and because they can go both Alliance and Horde, I feel like they would have two choices. And if you were on the Alliance side, they would bring in the Jinyu. And if you are on the Horde side, they would bring in the Hosen. Does that That's, make sense? There's,
1: there's logic to that.
0: Yeah. Because both of those races have like some formidable things going on and some things that they could bring to the table. But they're also both directly re- related to the Pandaren. So there's already kind of a little lineage of association there where there isn't necessarily one as far as the furball is concerned. Um, My other pie in the sky, hey, wouldn't that be weird thing,
1: is they could bring in the grummels. (laughs) (laughs) And what would that look like? (laughs) Yeah, that would be uh, bizarre. But if we're talking groups bringing in... Other groups, the the Worgen could do a really interesting one that I just thought of. What? Because those are that's the one I'm stuck on. So what? Night Elf Worgen. Oh, oh the original shoot. Worgen from Under the Tree, because it's so bad. The now. Druids of the Imagine Fang or whatever. It, yeah, if things are so bad now, the horde is destroying Night Elf territory. Maybe they're that desperate. And they go back Gen and they get the
0: originals, like
1: the and, yeah, OG. Dan goes in and opens it up and goes, you know, hey, come on out. And you've got the bigger, more savage Worgen models. They don't change back. They don't switch between. They're always that. They'd have the big, super long Alpha Prime ears and be like more. And they're like, like three like, times the size of the current Worgen. I don't think they'd be that much bigger. But okay, just, but they'd be big. For, you, know, you could make them like Tauren-sized like seriously these giant you know they'd look a lot more like the worgen did in like wrath when they had the crazy worgen that like had the weird hats and stuff yeah and, you know you could you could definitely have them bring in that and that'd be like it's it's an it's I similar didn't even to the way think cultures. about that I've been thinking about that since they announced allied races I wanted oh, them to do that no
0: I didn't even think about that because it's like they're all sealed off in like the emerald dream or wherever right so there's yeah. another there's another story hook in there because the Emerald Nightmare has been a thing. How has that affected these guys? Is it a problem for them? If it is a problem, we could go in, have the Worgen go in, fix their problems, and say, "Hey, we did you a solid. Can you
1: come do us a solid? We need you. Azrath yeah. needs you." And you could even totally tie it into the fact that you know Malfurion's not the guy who locked them away anymore. Yeah, he's you know he's you could actually get some character development out of that. Like you know everything's gone to hell. I have to like defend my planet fine you're out we'll risk you guys that would be
0: really interesting that would give us some more worgen lore and we haven't gotten any worgen lore in a long time um, as far as the goblins go I think the Gilblin are actually like a pretty likely prospect because we're going to Nazjatar and there's it's not the gilblin. there's like another race down there that they were talking about that's and they mentioned it very briefly when they were talking about patch 8.2. Do you remember this?
1: There's the one, the, the Alliance is going to get a whole new race we've never heard of. That, yeah. that are down there. That are down there they're and gonna they're going to be, gonna be working race. with them and
0: stuff. And then on like...
1: The, the uh, Horde are getting like Makura and... Guild, they actually did say the Gilblin. They, they're going to the get Gilblin as allies too. Yeah, with Now and keep in mind else. that we're like, not
0: saying that these are allied races. These are just people that we're going to be working with while we're questing through that area. Yeah. So yeah, the, these are quest hub people. It's potentials. Mm-hmm. We're just looking at potentials here. But the Gilblin would be like a goblin alternate that would work. Um, people keep and,
1: trying to use. People are, keep thinking the Volpera are going to be the goblin ones, but the goblins and the Volpera don't interact at all.
0: See, the thing is, is with the Volpera, the reason people are kind of stuck on the idea of the Volpera as an allied race is that the Volpera were introduced, they have fairly unique animations, they all have like unique little outfits and everything, they have really expressive little faces, they have unique, um, like, idle animations, sleeping animations, that kind of thing. And they have animations for, like, the one that you get, you know, when you first get the heart of Azeroth and you're holding the necklace? Mm-hmm. They have that animation, they have that animation built in. Not only do they have it, but the Sethic have it too. So, yeah, but isn't that
1: because both the Sethic and the Volpera are using kind of the framework of an established race? The Volpera have so. that because they're goblin bodies. Yeah, and the Sethic are essentially like, aren't they just night elf bodies? With like, no, they're using worgen skeleton skeletons. They're okay, using Worgen skeletons. skeletons, yeah. But then it's um, the same thing. Worgen have that model, so of course yeah, they do.
0: And that might actually be part of it. And those guys, that might just be a red herring. And those guys aren't actually going to be allied races after all. Um, in which case, yeah, you know, the Gilbin, the Mechanomes—not the Mechanomes, but the weird, crazy steampunk gnomes that we're seeing, going to see when Mechagon comes out. Those guys are kind of a high contender for the gnome counterpart, undead counterpart. I like the idea of Kalia having a sudden faction of undead. And that's not exactly a uh, too out of the line cuckoo possibility. Like there's, there's reasonable stuff that has been introduced lore wise that points to that being a potential, like a possibility um, people that are you know, like, forsaken if, that break away from Sylvanas entirely.
1: Um, if that happened and they were an alliance group, mm-hmm. then, then you have the problem of who do the horde get? from the undead because the un- then you've got the Alliance getting these weird light undead do, do, the, do the Forsaken get like something do they get yeah. like you know nulls? I don't know like what happens I don't know um frankly though the fact that nobody got gnolls yet has kind of surprised me nobody's even talking about gnolls. or gnolls. <laughs> look they're not super bright okay
0: <laughs> They're not super bright, and they don't have a lot going for them, and they're probably kind of smelly, and I don't think anybody really wants to associate with them too heavily. So, um, it would be like going to, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? The quillbore. It would be like going to the quillbore and saying, hey, hey you guys want to
1: ally? Don't, don't rule the quillbore out. They could be an alliance race. Maybe. Then, then the torn, the torn could really get mad about camp T.
0: Oh jeez. oh, I don't even want to think about that. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's see here. Let's go ahead and jump to the last email on here. I'm gonna go ahead. This is from um one of our supporters over on Patreon. They say, "Hi, Watchers. This is Com- Comer." a Forsaken Rogue from Coilfang. I'm now playing my 120-level Alliance alt through the storyline. My main goal is to enjoy the Alliance side of the story. My question is, do I have to gear up to enjoy the war campaign and Jaina's storyline? With limited game time, sometimes I'm struggling whether I need to finish a world quest to get better gear or to progress the story. What's your suggestion? I know you play both factions. Really enjoy the show. Thanks, best, proud, Patreon, Comer.
1: I think by now... Mm -hmm. you can get good enough gear just from doing a few world quests that you don't have to work too hard at it to finish the war campaign and see the story like when when you first got into like leveling like when the the expansion first came out it could be kind of tough but at this point i feel like as soon as you get the world quests, they're going to start ratcheting up gear level pretty fast i am i don't know for certain because i haven't actually done it in a little while but I think you'll you'll be okay if you just do like a few world quests here and there. I don't think you need to like really sit Basically... down and grind on it.
0: It's basically like do the world quest to get your gear bumped up a little bit and then go do the weeklies. Not the weeklies because it's a swinging cycle. If you happen to have the Warfront open, whichever way you have it open, go do the Warfront content once you can do that content. Because they drop armor and things like that. That's a much higher level and it's a lot easier to gear up. That said... You don't really have to have like a super high eye level to finish the Jaina storyline. If I remember correctly, um, Siege of Borales it was a Mythic only, but I think you can do it on Heroic now. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I, I want to say that they switched ahead. it over so that you can do it Heroic now. Um, it was myth- Mythic only at the onset, but now you can go ahead and queue up for it in the group finder and just do it that way. Um, either which way. You don't need... Like, super overpowered. You don't need to have a 400 eye level to go do that. You don't. Because um, that was one of the original runs there. I don't think you even need a high enough eye level. Like, the eye level that you need to go do, like, the battle for Arathi or whatever. I don't think you even need that to go do Siege of Boralus. Um But yeah, you can go do it on Heroic. And I don't think your eye level needs to be through the roof or anything. You just kind of need to know what you're doing. And the way you do that is. Well, read through the Dungeon Journal. (laughs) Honestly, that's the best thing to do. If you are unfamiliar with a dungeon or you are unfamiliar with a raid, no matter what difficulty it is, go read through the the Dungeon Journal because it'll tell you, hey, you're a DPS. Here's the three to four things that you need to watch for and that you need to take care of. And as long as you keep those three to four things in mind for this particular boss, you're good to go. Um... It makes everything super easy. Yes, I know. It involves reading. People don't necessarily want to do that. But if you want to make sure that you aren't messing anything up your first run into a dungeon or into a raid, that's the way to counter that.
1: Um, Yeah, I would say that my first, from my experience tanking it, when I tanked Siege of Boralus, that was the first time I ever went into Siege of Boralus. And especially for the last fight, uh, Dungeon Journal did help quite a bit. It it took us
0: it, it took us a hot minute to figure out that last boss. How many times yeah. did we wipe? I think it was like a third or fourth wipe that we finally we got wiped, it all together. Th-
1: we wiped three times, but one of those wipes was literally just someone pulled before we knew what was going on. Two, I'd say two actual attempts that were wipes where we didn't quite get it. Third, the third real attempt, we had bad luck with somebody like disconnecting. Yeah. And then we got it on the fourth one. And it so was So I'd say Five the group that we with were in there,
0: ones. it was great too. Because the group that we were in there with was all—it was all a bunch of people who had never done it before. So there was like this certain degree of patience that everybody had. Nobody was expecting us to know what was going on going in because none of us had ever been in there before. So we were all kind of discovering it for the first time and figuring out the strats for the first time. And I thought it went really well. I mean, yes, I had a repair bill, like woohoo, going out of there, but it was fine it was it was kind of yeah. nice
1: once we understood that we were supposed to go in this direction and do this and then do that and keep them keep things happening in a certain way i don't which i'm not trying to spoil but you know once we knew that it was that kind of encounter that you couldn't brute force it you had to execute the specific mechanics it wasn't that bad it just, it just took us a few tries to get used to the exact rhythm of it yeah but yeah so i um, I, I would say that you don't really have to worry too much about gearing up to do no. most of it
0: no. The other thing to keep an eye out for is if there are invasions because um, we do have the war campaign invasions that pop up every now and again. If any of those pop up do those when they're out. Do the quest for those. Um, you usually get some pretty good gear out of that too. It really yep. doesn't take that long to gear up at all um, right now. It did a little bit at the beginning and don't get me started talking about daggers they are much easier to obtain now. Um, they did some changes where you actually get a preference <laughs> for for the weapon that you are using. So I get daggers a lot now. <laughs> and I'm very happy about it because that first month or two was just awful. Um, uh,
1: I would say more than one or two.
0: Oh, yeah. Incursion, not invasion. Thank you, Speed Lancer. Yeah, there's incursions that go on that are... Uh, It's basically the opposite faction is coming in and doing some stuff and you can go take care of it or you can go invade the opposite factions island. Like if you're playing Alliance, you go to Zandalar or the Horde has come to Kul Tiras and you need to defend things. Those yeah. things pop up. There's usually a series of five quests that you do. At least one of those quests usually has some kind of gear as a reward. And for completing the whole thing, the whole incursion, you usually get some good loot out of that too. So that's another way that you can go ahead and beef up things. But yeah, I uh, most of my alts, I got their initial run of gear by either going to Arathi well, mostly going to Arathi, because you can't go to Darkshore right away. But when you go to Arathi, um, the rares that are there, if you kill the rares, they have a chance of dropping gear. And they tend to drop a lot of gear. I don't know about your experience with it,
1: Rossi, but I yeah. didn't do as well as some people, but I got like three or four pieces off of it. Yeah. And it's like you do you do the one that's your, that your side currently has. You do the world quests there, and you kill some rares, and you can get some gear. And like I mean just even if if your side has Darkshore for example, you can go there when your side has it and just do the world quests there. Yeah. And they drop like 350 or something pieces, you know. And they, it they scales know. up. It scales up as yeah.
0: your as your eye level gets better, you'll notice that world quests start offering you gear at higher eye levels. Um I think right yeah. now if I go do stuff in Darkshore it's like 385 for me or something or 380, 370.
1: So yeah, there there are pieces. So Don't worry about it too much.
0: Don't worry about it too much. Um, But I would totally recommend going through and doing all of that, though, because that storyline is great. And the end of that storyline is fantastic. And it's totally worth playing through, especially if you've been waiting and waiting and waiting (laughs) to see what's happened to Jaina after all of this time. So yeah, I totally recommend it. Um, we didn't get to the other emails here, but that's okay. We'll carry those over to next week. We're over time. I just looked at the clock. <laughs> so we need to go ahead and wrap things up. Again, if you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just be sure to put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Rossi, you got any final thoughts to throw out playable there? Playable Furbolg. Do you really want playable Furbolg? Is that a oh, thing? Oh god
1: yes, I absolutely do. I've okay. wanted Furbolg forever. Okay. Yeah, ever since the Dartol's Rod days, man, I've wanted Furbog forever. Especially since if they make playable Furbog, they'll have to give us playable women Furbog, and I'll finally know what they look like. <laughs> look, can we get the ogres first so we can just clear that up real quick? No, ogres are, are <laughs> ogres are split. They just divide. Like, boom, now there's two ogres. That's what that second head is. They That's an ogre in the middle it's, of mitosis. They're just budding. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. ogres. Gross. <laughs> anyway...
0: Thank you, you guys, as always, for tuning in and listening, and we will see you again next week.